and good evening high school football fans welcome to the prep sports sport high school pigskin preview for the playoffs that's right playoffs hey we're into the third season once again i'm Carl demasi i'm the coach Carl demasi glad to be back with you for another recap breaking down last week's games which was week 12 and this week's playoff schedule which the playoff schedule is under friday night lights as usual but we have a couple of Saturday afternoon matinees uh, because shortage of officials. I have, as I've been told by the cute sports guy from GPB Broadcasting Sports Department, John Nelson's, there's three parts of a season. We have the preseason, we have region play, and of course, if you take care of business, you have the third season, which is the playoffs. The playoffs is the icing on the cake. But as usual, no matter what, what season it is, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, Saturday afternoon, because it's all about the high school football players here in Savannah, Georgia. And what other better way than to break this down with another kid that's from Savannah, all-region basketball player uh, from Savannah Country Day, but he's been writing about sports since 2016. He writes now for the Prep Sports Report. He also writes for Connect Savannah. And you name it, he'll write it. Just tell him what you want, and he'll do it for you. Joining me now, the man himself on the Coach's Corner hot seat. He's also part of the Coach's Corner uh, sports network along with me because he does the hot grids podcast i do the call of Demasi sports report what more can i say what better introduction than the sports reporter travis judon what's up travis what's up carl thanks for having me man it's playoff time it's playoff time i'm ready i know and i had to come up for an introduction with you because you're all over the place buddy yeah my introductions are getting longer and longer and i think that's a good sign <laughs> showing, that I, showing that i like doing this with you right yeah so as we do, as we have done the last couple of weeks, we'll break down last week's game, which was week 12. Okay. We'll talk about who had some outstanding performances uh, on Friday night or Thursday night, because it was Thursday night and Friday night last week. And then of course, we'll break down the playoffs. There are nine local teams in the playoffs, one playing for a state semifinal uh, uh, championship win to go to the championship, uh, you know, next week for the skis of the South Carolina Independent School Association. So we'll get into that too. And here's last week's results, okay? The final score, okay? And on Thursday night, Benedictine 45, New Hampshire 6, uh, Georgia High School Association Class 4A Region 3. We thought it was going to be a little better there, buddy, but, you know, Benedictine came out and ha had almost a perfect night. Yeah, I mean, they were as good as they, as, as they could be, I think, Carl, considering that the stakes were not high at all for what Benedictine – needed to do like the seeds were already set one through four, um, but they continued to trend upwards. And I think the worst thing maybe that could have happened in New Hampstead was a week prior when BC struggled early with islands. Um, and so I don't think Danny Britt was going to ever let that happen again. After they came out slow against islands, they're not going to come out slow against New Hampstead. Um, New Hampstead's record it, it tell, says that they're worse than they are. They're a four seed, but they're a pretty good four seed. Um, but I think BC showed just how far ahead they are. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into the playoffs and where New Hampshire's going and uh, what we think about them. And like you said, they're, they're better than just the fourth seed. And, you know, Kyle Hockman has his teams ready for the playoffs. So we'll see what happens uh, this uh, week or tomorrow night, matter of fact. All right, also on Thursday night, we're going to talk about this in the playoff segment. So don't blow the, blow the story here. But Okay. In Georgia Independent Athletic Association, Robert Toombs beats uh, Memorial Day School, the Matadors, the Road Warriors, 43-6. But, people, you got to stay tuned for the playoff uh, conversation. They're in the playoffs with a 1-9 record. Yeah, and that's interesting. So, I guess stay tuned for that, for that segment. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't have much from the Thursday night game. But I will say this. How many Thursday night games has Memorial played this year? Seems like they're playing on Thursday more than Friday. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an old guy. I don't know. Do you know who Rodney Dangerfield is? I've heard of him. I've heard of okay. him. He, he didn't get any respect. Okay, <laughs> and he was one of the funniest guys, one of the funniest comedians ever. If you ever listened to him, I mean, he was in Caddyshack. Uh, you know, he was in a couple of those. Uh, no, I know who Rodney Dangerfield is, Carl. Okay, come on. Okay, come on. Okay, show the guy some respect. Okay, but anyway, I, I think that's what Memorial Day is because every time you turn around. They're switching games from Friday nights to Thursday nights, or they don't want to play on uh, Friday nights. So they go, I mean, it's not because of them, it's because of the other schools. But you know what? Javaris Taylor kept that team intact. They played a full schedule. They didn't have to pack it in. 
you got to give him a feather for that, buddy. Yeah, I do. And it's not easy like your first year coming into, especially in GIAA, it's just, you know, it's so much more spread out than here in Savannah where you can play teams within, you know, five miles of you for the most part. So I do give him credit for that. All right, let's go to Friday night scoreboard. Okay, in the uh, classification 7A, Region 1, Richmond Hill had a, had a tall order all year long. Uh, they played probably the best, if I think, one of the best regions in the state. Uh, of course, they had to go against Colquitt County, 41, Richmond Hill, 14. Richmond Hill came out, looked like something was going to happen special, but uh, Colquitt County just woke up. Yeah, I think once again, Richmond Hill came out and hung tough early. I think we predicted that last week. They hung tough early. But it's just too much. I mean, Colquitt County is a top 40 team in most polls in the country. Um, in some polls, they're a top 25 team in the country. Uh, in every poll, they're a top 100 team in the country. And so to, to hang tough with them would have been a lot to ask for. Uh, Richmond Hill's three seniors, though, leave with some pretty gaudy stats. I guess you can look those up on, on Prep Sports Report. But Ty Goldrick, the quarterback, Zion Gilliard, the running back, and then, of course, Ray. Rayvon Grant, the receiver who broke the career receptions record in that game, I believe. So at least a high note for Richmond Hill there. No, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely it. I mean, three seniors that are, you know, part of big part of that machine over there. But I don't think, uh, you know, Matt Lazat is going to rebuild. I think he's just going to reload. A lot of kids got a lot of experience this year. They have to play in that region once more because, as you know, Travis, Georgia High School State Association after next year, we're going to go to six classifications. So everything that we did for the last two years, it's out the window. Let's do something new. Yeah, uh, I don't think we want to get into the every two years reclassification. That's way too short of a time. Um, but yeah, to me, their move up to 17A was exactly what we thought it would be, right, Carl? It's just impossible yep. to run that schedule in year one. Um, but at least they know now what they're facing moving forward. Or at least for the next year. <laughs> Just so you want to know, okay, uh, Ty Goldrick finishes a career with almost 3,000 yards, 22,934 yards, 20 touchdowns. Grant broke the school's career passing record with 121 receptions for 1,641 yards. And, of course, Gilliard leaves with 1,506 uh, 1, yards, rushing yards, and 13 touchdowns, all courtesy of the Prep Sports Report and Travis Jadon. Yeah, so see, those are good. Those are good career numbers, and especially when you had to face such a tough schedule this year. And so we'll nothing see what to your hat at. We'll see what happens next year because you know some young uh, Wildcats going to jump in there and turn heads. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, uh, the six A Brunswick Effingham between the bricks at Glen County Stadium. Uh, Brunswick went up thirty to twenty. Effingham scores late, makes it thirty twenty seven, and uh, that's the way he finished. But Effingham. Game of scare on the road down there in Glen County Stadium. Yeah. For the second straight year, Brunswick wins the region title. But this year it was way, way tougher, I think, in the in the finale because Eddingham gave them all they wanted. They, they really did. And, you know, what Eddingham has coming forward that we'll talk about in the state playoffs, I think going through 2-6A and finishing there in Brunswick – if you can play four quarters with Brunswick the way Evingham did, you can pretty much play with just about anyone in 6A. Um, and so that's a positive for Evingham. And then for Brunswick, the train just keeps rolling. They've gone undefeated two straight seasons now, Carl, in the regular season. Last year, they lost in the first round of the state playoffs. So that was a shot. Yeah, hopefully for the Pirates' sake, they'll do a little bit better than that this year. And, of course, uh, South Effingham had a shot for the playoffs. I thought they were in, but they weren't. They had to beat Evans. They wound up losing 37-24 on the road. Uh, at first, at first, we'll talk about the playoffs in a couple seconds. Georgia High School had them in against Thomas County Central when I first looked at the brackets. Then when I talked to John Nelson uh, from uh, the Georgia Public Broadcasting Sports Crew, uh, you know, they weren't uh, – there was blank, and then on Monday, they weren't in. So uh, – but you know what? Uh, I got to give Coach Clark uh, a lot of credit. He had those kids playing hard. At least they were playing to get into the playoffs, which we said, if you got nothing to play for at the last game of the year, I mean, you know, it's tough. But they had something to play for. And the Mustangs, uh, you know, held their own at the end. Yeah, and I think just another step forward for them. But like you say, if you're playing meaningful football in November, that makes it – that makes the offseason 
it gives you a little spring in your step because you got, you know, that taste in your mouth. If you're just playing for nothing for the last four or five weeks, it can be brutal. Um, and so they, they have that going for them. And yeah, that was weird. They, I was watching that interview with John Nelson and before that interview started, South Effingham was in the bracket. Right. And then by the time that interview ended, it was blank. And then uh, they didn't end up making it. But um, I think a solid season, you know, I don't know that they'd call it a success in South Effingham, but solid nonetheless. John Nelson's Bracketology with Hannah, Hannah, <laughs> Hannah Gooden. So, yeah, I mean, they do a great job. It was fun watching that while I was putting together the show for last Saturday. All right. We're not going to elaborate on this. We're not going to get into, uh, you know, controversy here, but we're going to go to 5A. Statesboro and Jenkins, we're going to play at Memorial to see who's playing for that third spot. Social media, social media, social media does us in again. Rumor has it that if Statesboro won, their bus was going to get shot up. So Statesboro decides not to come play to Jenkins. And, you know, you wrote a lot about it, and I agree with you 100% about that first game where there were shots in the stands, which never happened. There was yeah. a threat of a gun in the stands. So, it, I mean, but social media, just, I mean, this is what our world's coming to. So Jenkins, Tony Welsh, my man, he's going in as a three seed, gets a better spot than Statesboro. Yeah, and I'll just say this, Carl. The, when we start letting things like Snapchat influence the decisions of adults, uh, that's a very, very slippery slope. I think everyone knows it's safety first, right? So we yep. can all agree on that. From there, where do we go? It would be different if there were long-standing feuds between Statesboro and Jenkins, but we all factually know that's incorrect. There is no bad blood between Statesboro and Jenkins. So and very, very forty-two miles apart. Yeah. So very, very, very strange. Um, that whole you know three or four hours on Friday afternoon was strange. There's no other word for it. Okay. All right, so let's get into uh, the 3A classification, Region 3. Calgary Day School is just a machine. I mean, I'm walking up there because I have basketball practice because now I got girls basketball going on. So I yeah. got there at kickoff at 7.30, touchdown. Uh, I don't know, it was a 60-yard touchdown return by Caden Arno. But it was called back. But 49-3, I'm telling you what, though, Beach Beach's team was not bad. They were well-coached. They had some good athletes. But I'm just telling you, I don't know how or where we're going to see. I guess maybe knock on wood, they make it to the third round when they play Cedar Grove. That someone could play with this team. Yeah, I mean, I it's yet to be. I've yet to see a team that can play with them. To be honest, Eagles Landing it was nice. They had some, you know, good stuff happening through the air. But I I still don't know that that all was all that sustainable against right. them. We'll find out against Cedar Grove. I guess that's what people tell me. I still, until I see it with my own eyes, I, I can't fathom. Well, I can Calvary fathom. being out. I can't fathom Calvary being outmatched. I can tell you, else. I watched every game. Eagles Landing Christian. I said it early, and you know, I have an inside track because uh, I know somebody that coaches there very well. He <laughs> felt that the defensive backs had to grow, and over the season, those defensive backs have have grown. Savannah Christian. It was a, it was a championship boxing match, toe for toe. That's the only team that I saw play with Calvary. So, you know, after that, it wasn't even close. So we'll see what happens. We'll talk about that when we talk about the mm -hmm. playoffs. And, of course, your man, That this this is the next segment, performance, but when you score five touchdowns in your last high school football game, you're never going to remember. Country Day all over Grove. You're never going to forget. People are going to remember it. That's what I meant to say. Uh, mm -hmm. Country Day 62, Grove's 14. I mean, uh, Michael was all over the place. Yeah, a good way for John Mooring and Country Day to end the season. Um, good way for Michael Grandy, one of only two seniors on that team, to end his career. For Country Day, it actually, if anyone, you know, if you care about this, I don't know that it matters all that much, but it allows them to finish at 500. It also allows them to finish fifth in Region 3-3A as opposed to sixth where they began uh, the weekend. Um, and so – for them, I think it's clear that they are a couple steps below Calvary and Savannah Christian, but still a couple steps ahead of teams like Groves and other teams in 3-3A. And they'll still play those same teams again next year, so we'll see what happens. We'll and see they'll get everybody back except for two guys. So. Right. We'll see if they they have grown with all that experience they got this year as a bunch of young kids. Long County, Johnson, 38-14. Uh, uh, 
Johnson, quarterback, got hurt two weeks before. Big part of the game, uh, I think it was Malachi Brown, right? Um, uh, Bacon. Mal- Malachi Bacon. Uh, you know, when you lose your quarterback, I mean, uh, it was tough. They still played hard defensively. It was a close game at halftime, but Long County just pulled away. And uh, Long County, first first season ever with a 6-4 and four record. I mean, uh, Feaster has Incredible. done a great job there with the Tide. But uh, I was hoping Johnson could sneak in there. Yeah, so was I. So was I. And that's a tough way for, for Johnson's season to end, Carl, because so many good things happen. But now it's, it's tough to celebrate, right? It's tough yep. to celebrate all the good things you did. But really, you know, it's all, you're always going to wonder what if. What if Malachi Bacon didn't, you know, suffer an injury to his right hand or right thumb, I think. Um, and so I don't know what the future is for Johnson or Johnson's program or, or Kinderic Bonner um, there at Johnson. But whatever it was, there were flashes of really, really, really good things happening this year. And so you want to hold on to that if you're an atom smasher. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think I think he's going to build off it. I think they're going to find that uh, backup quarterback they need. So Kendrick Bonner, the, Ken Derek Bonner has done a great job over there. So uh, he'll keep it up. All right. And of course, um, yeah, I mean, Savannah Christian, I mean, second best team in the league. Uh, I mean, all over Liberty County, 40 to six. I mean, we got a lot of performers in that game, but uh, Baker Woodward has that program rolling. And I think they're going to go deep in the playoffs. And you know what? The playoffs. If you get in the right, as John Nelson says, in the right quadrant, the upper right, upper left, below left, I mean, you, you can make a deep run. And we've seen teams that didn't finish in first get put into another bracket, and they make deep rubs further than the number one seeded team. So this could happen with Savannah Christian. Yeah, it could. And they finished the, the regular season, Carl, with historic numbers. I mean, yep. historic numbers. We've talked about it over and over. The strength of schedule is, you know, do with that what you want there are better schedules in the state than Savannah Christian. We can all agree on that, but they finished number one in scoring offense in three, a number one in scoring defense. I believe it's 45 a game scoring and 10.6 allowed. Uh, So that's incredible. Whatever happens from here, Savannah Christian just went 10 games and really never played poorly. I mean, when you think about it, that Calvary game is they'll, – they'll never tell you this at Savannah Christian, but they came out of that Calvary game thinking, hey, we're a good team, even oh, though yeah. they lost. You know what I mean? And so for what Woodward has done there, they're a model of consistency. And Liberty County came in as a tough team, like with, with some guys, some dudes that can do some things. Yep. And Savannah Christian put it on them. I mean, I was there for that game, Carl. They put it on them. Um, and it was really impressive to watch. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it the week before that you had to take care of the quarterback, the two wideouts for uh, Liberty County who could play running back. So, uh, you know, Baker Woodward and uh, Coach Walsh had a great game plan, and it came out victorious. All right, got a, another shout-out. We talked about Long County, another surprise team, and we're talking about Long County because they were playing Johnson. We don't right. reach out all the way to, to Long County, but I'm telling you right now, Bryan County, that's part of uh, Bryan County, Richmond Hill, uh, they beat Claxton 40 to 19 in, in the Pecan Grove, the last official high school game in the Pecan Grove. But, you know, Sherrod Freeman and his coaching staff, what they've done with those Redskins, and then a number three seeded team going into the playoffs in uh, 1A uh, Division One. it's pretty impressive what they did there. Well, it's, yeah, and it's even more impressive because of them losing Austin Clemens early in the year. Smush, yep. I think, is what they call him. Yes, um, they did. But, but uh, Tanner Ennis, their junior, Ennis or Ennis. Ennis. Um, Enos, okay, uh, had a huge game, a kick return touchdown, receiving All right, that, touchdown. That's the next. That's the next segment there. <laughs> uh, but hey, last week, remember when I was on this show? I had Claxton. I right. had Claxton for like sixty seconds, and, and then of course, me, yeah, you talked me out of it. So credit to you, Carl. I got that one right. Credit to you for that. Well, you know, it's just the coach in me, and uh, you know, you know all your stats, and like when I do my baseball show, another coach's corner. Uh, show on the sports network uh you know who's on first base with the the, you know the baseball fanatic uh kyle lawson i mean the guy's got a plethora of knowledge stats like you he spits them out like it's nothing but sometimes it's not all about the stats it's knowing how to read the kids read the games and yeah i got that one on my i give that one to me buddy but you can do all the stats you got all that down okay while i'm here with you i'll give you the credit but in closed circles (laughs) when you're not around i'm going to take credit for it i'm just letting you know i won't tell anybody (laughs) all All right right, 
then we go to, of course, Georgia Independent Athletic Association. Tough way to end the season. And we can get into this quickly. Frederica Academy beat St. Andrews 42 to 7. St. Andrews finished with a 5 and 5 record. Uh, they finished uh, third in their region. Frederica Academy, uh, sorry, yeah, they finished third. So Frederica Academy and Pinewood Christian are going to the uh, GIA uh, Class 3 playoffs, and St. Andrews goes home. And they have better record. They're not in Memorial Day Schools classification, but they got better records than people in in that uh, that that AAA tournament. It's it's strength of schedule based on max preps. That's what kills me. Yeah, which is a concerning formula. The max preps formula. It's a little inside baseball, so I won't bore people with it now. But you, can, it's easily available to find on on max preps. The gist of it is strength of schedule, but your strength of schedule is affected like your strength of schedule isn't bettered by other teams that you beat winning. It's not that simple. You would think it is, but hear this Carl. So St. Andrews finishes third in their region. Like you said, Southland Academy, who's in at four and six finishes fifth in their region. And they got in Southland lost last week, just like St. Andrews did. They started at 11 St. Andrews started at nine before last week. St. Andrews loses to a region champ, drops to 11. Southland loses to a region champ and jumps to nine. That doesn't make any sense at all. I agree with you. I mean, but, it just doesn't make any sense. And, and if you're, I've always liked, liked power ratings, but if, if you're a guy who doesn't like power ratings, this is the kind of thing that really bolsters your point. Because this is a, you know, it's a stain, I think, on GIA's 3A bracket. I just don't like the whole formula. You know, I played at a power ranking when I coached, uh, was head coach up in New York for nine years. And the power ranking helped us. But it was done based on the team you played, their wins and losses. Uh, and, 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 I mean, where you were seated. And there's no seating when you start playing on max preps. So I just don't know where they go with that. And it just kills me. And Kevin Presant. St. Andrew's School, the Lions, if you're listening, great job. He started the season with 18 kids, finished with 30. They won four or five games in a row. The last two they lost. One was a heartbreaker, okay? And uh, this one, but between the lines, there were some kids that were sick all week too. So he went in with a, a squad that was not completely healthy. But you know what? They should be in the playoffs this week, but they're not. The concerning thing, Carl, is uh, with the power ratings and, and with what happened with St. Andrews, you got seniors on that team who leave the field Friday night not knowing that they just played their last game yep. ever, ever. And yep. that's a problem. That's a problem. You should know when your last game is. Exactly. At the very least, you should know the last time you walk off a field. And, right. um, and so that's, that's, that's really bad. Now, you got no argument in our case, but Kevin yeah. Prasant, it wasn't your first head coaching duty, uh, but it's your first head coaching job here in Savannah, Georgia. Great job. Proud of you, buddy. And I, I love calling you a friend because you really care about those kids. You care about where you're working. And even a lot of people at Benedictine sorely missed you at Benedictine. So great job right there. Okay, last one. The man that drives the bus, the man that cleans the uniforms, the man that coaches the team, the man that is the chaplain, the man that's the confidant, Antoine Turner. Big win in the quarterfinals in the South Carolina Independent State Association's double play, A playoffs. Bethesda 46, Spartanburg Christian 14. Bethesda found something last week. They play this week for the uh, for the right to go to the championship. Boy, they got after it, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Didn't they get after it? Bethesda's got some firepower, man. If they Once they get going, um, it's like their thing all year has just been the consistency factor. But, man, when they flash, they really flash and, and – they put up points in a hurry. Um, two more wins, Carl, and they can bring home a title. And he's he's been looking for it. He's been close. He's been looking for it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, that's, if anybody deserves one, it's Antoine Turner. That's for sure. What that man done has done for 16 years at, uh, at uh, mm -hmm. Bethesda Academy. You know, Bethesda Orphanage before it went to Bethesda Academy. You got to give the man a lot of credit. He, he It's a calling for him, and he loves what he does. And you're not going to find a uh, classer act in Antoine Turner. Yeah, agreed. Couldn't have said it better. All right, quarter number one in the books. Went a little longer than we expected, but uh, we had to break down the games, talk about how we get into the playoffs. You're listening to the Prep Sports Report High School Pigskin Playoff Preview 
for November 10th, 2022. Second quarter, top performance quickly, sir. I mean, we have a lot this week. I got to go. I got to go with, uh, you know, I got to go with Zoe Smalls. I mean, what that kid has done, he's the only rusher right now. He might be the second rusher that's gone over a thousand yards for the season. We talked last week. That used to be common, but we didn't do it. But I mean, the kid, what, had 164 yards uh, on 21 carries. Uh, I mean, you know, just an unbelievable night for him against Liberty County. You saw you you saw the game. I mean, he would be my player player of the week. Yeah, his stats are worthy of player of the week. Also in that story, I don't even know if I put it in there, Carl, but Zoe Small is also responsible for a first quarter fake punt um, where he was the, um, I guess, I don't know what you would call him, the setback, like the, yeah, uh, the, yeah. yeah the setback on well, the punt. I, and so he, I would call him the up back, okay? Okay, up back, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was lined up there around midfield and they fake punted, you know, guess who, Zoe Small's converted they went on to score a touchdown and run away with that game that's a good pick Zoe Smalls has been uh, about as consistent as it gets and he went over that thousand yard mark like you said in the regular season um right. who else though who, who are some other All candidates right. just to throw out the roll call and I gotta thank Dennis Knight for putting this together every week okay Jake Merklinger okay nine for 14 188 yards another five touchdowns uh Luke Kromahawk <laughs> 11 of 14 for 194 yards and four touchdowns and 24 or five yards on the, on the ground in the first half, no less. Uh, Zaquan Bryant, the kid showed up. 61-yard rushing touchdown, 60-yard punt return. Uh, I think an interception on defense. He was, I think, the uh, quarterback club defensive player of the week. Uh, Michael Brandy, 132 yards, uh, four touchdowns and an interception for a touchdown. Uh, Tana Enos from Bryan County. Uh Returned a kickoff for a touchdown, caught a scoring pass for a touchdown, and, yeah. of course, goes both ways. Ironman football there for the Redskins. Uh, Trevor Lanier from Bryan County, the sophomore, pair of touchdown passes, rest for another one. Uh, Noah Noah Jenkins at Bethesda. Uh, I don't know what happened with Cray Stafford. I wonder if he's hurt. i got to call Antoine to find out. But Noah Jenkins has stepped up. This kid's close to 1,000 yards now, uh, 207 yards, pair of touchdowns. As we know, Bethesda's in the, in the state semifinals. Nate Hayes, this is the reason why Effingham was where it's at. We know they got Wallace and uh, the other guy, but, you know, he rushed for another touchdown. He, he threw for a scoring touchdown. Big reason Effingham County's been in the, in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs or making a run at the championship for the region now in the playoffs. But here you go. Savannah Christian, okay. We haven't said this name much, but he's one of the top players in the country. There it is, yeah. Elijah Griffin. Uh, you know, uh, eight tackles, six for losses, three and a half sacks, a block punt. He can give Zoe a run for the money. Uh, a block <laughs> field goal, too. Dude, right? He did everything, man. Uh, he did everything. Also, we talked about Zoe Smalls, 164 yards on 21 carries. Uh, and like you said, fake punt led to a first down. I mean, if I was Liberty County, if you see number four lining up as the up back in a punt formation, you got to be thinking fake punt. Around midfield on fourth and short? Yeah, probably so. All right. Then Paul Zitrauer, quiet leader. We picked him as one of our players to watch quarterbacks this season. Uh, you know, 111 yards passing, 43 yards rushing, uh, you know, two touchdown uh, throws. And, of course, Mr. Busey has four catches for 84 yards. Savannah Christian had everybody on, on the uh, players of the week to watch. But Zoe Smalls for breaking that 1,000-yard, uh, uh, you know, re not record, but the 1,000-yard mark for this year, uh, this season – was pretty impressive for me, but there were so many that we could pick up. It seems like every week we got Madden-like numbers, five touchdowns, six touchdowns, uh, yeah. block punt, block field goal. I mean, it's just crazy. And you notice, well, look, besides Merklinger, who is oh, – they should name it after him. He's the regular appearer on the list. But you notice this time of year it starts to be – there's less and less names that you don't know, like less and less surprising performances. Right. And the cream starts to rise to the top, so to speak. Okay. Uh, if you go with Smalls, I'll go with Grandy, Michael Grandy, since it's his last career game. Yeah, you got to keep plus, that Hornets. Plus go Hornets. I know you, yeah. you got that little Hornet in your blood, all-region basketball player. Uh, you know, so you got to yep, keep it in your that's blood. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> Honorable mention, 5.3 per game. <laughs> all right. So that's quarter number two in the books, okay? Top performers of the, of the week. It's going to get less and less this week. Just to let you know, though, at the end of the regular season, though, I'm starting to put together – the Michael Finnecaro Award, the 42nd Michael Finnecaro Award, 
for the best football player in Chatham County during the regular season. So look for the uh, nominees next week. That'll be coming out, and we'll see who wins it. You know, Justin Thomas took it back-to-back over there, Benedictine. Uh, so it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of fun doing that. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. So, all right, we got 15 minutes now. All I right. mean, we, we spent 25 on breaking down last week's uh, games. We spent another uh, six minutes now breaking on top performers. Now we're getting into the playoffs. The last quarter, third quarter, we're going to the playoffs. There's nine yep. teams going. Let's start, of course, uh, with uh, the Friday night games, if they play it. So Lee County uh, comes to the Palace in the Pines to take on FEA County for a first-round Class 6A game. So you got a number two take it on a number three. Uh, yeah, and Effingham County, man, for as good as their season was, Carl, this is not a great reward. It's not a great reward to get Lee County. They are really, really good. They are really solid. They're, to me, they sort of look like um, uh, Savannah Christian on steroids. Like they're, they're bigger. <laughs> they got more kids, but they're really solid and just – and discipline. They make tackles on defense. They got players on offense. Eddingham County, of course, has all that stuff too, but man, this is a tough draw for them as a two seed. Um, Eddingham did not lose at home. They still haven't lost at home, I don't think. Um, so at least for them, the reward for the two seed is that Lee County has to come down here and play, um, but they, they're they going to have their hands full with the Trojans. And reading your Trojans? Are they the Trojans, I think? Yes, they are. They're the Trojans. Yeah, okay. okay. Reading Good. your Week 12 pigskin preview, or uh, sorry, reading your playoff preview uh, that we uh, put on on uh, Tuesday, okay, for the playoffs, I got to send out a big apology to running back for uh, only a junior, just like Nate Hayes, uh, for the Rebels. Jaden Evans clips the 100 yards, okay, and he is over 1,000 yards for the season. So that's pretty impressive coming from uh, from another running back in the area. Pretty quiet, too. Yeah, pretty quietly quiet. out there. I mean, maybe that's on us that it's quiet. Um, but, yeah, it's out, over a 1,000 yards, nothing to sneeze at. No. Uh, check it out. Go to Prep Sports Report on Tuesday. We had the playoff uh, pigskin preview uh, of the nine teams on there. All right. Class 4A Friday night game. Okay. Whitewater, number four seed, coming in with an 8-2 and two record, taking on Benedictine at 8-2 and two with a number one seed. What do you think about that one? This is a really interesting one, Carl, and I think this is where I'll be um, on Friday night covering the game. Whitewater ranked in the top 10 as a four seed out of their region coming to BC. One of the best matchups of of the whole first round in all seven classes here. Uh, One of the best matchups available in the first round is two top 10 teams going against each other. Whitewater, their offense – when you look at them statistically, Carl, it's it's run-based, but they can still pass it. I think they've thrown um, for, let's see, 800 yards this year. But listen to these rushing numbers, Carl. They have one, two, three, four guys that have gone over 350 yards rushing. Wow. They have one, two, three, four, five guys that have four rushing touchdowns or more. Um, and so they're going to do it real balanced. Their top rushers are senior, 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 senior. So are they veteran or what? That's about as veteran as it gets. Yeah, uh, I'm, BC, I'm sure. I like BC in this game, though. I, I mean, we just talked a lot about Whitewater. I like BC. I, well, you know, we, we got to give the fans what they want to know. Like you said, uh, I'm trying to look at uh, Whitewater's uh, schedule here. Did they lose the last game that dropped them down to the fourth seed? They were 5-2 uh, in region. And they no, lost. They, they, no, well, they, they yeah, they, they won, won their, their final three games. three games. Yeah, they won their last three. Wow. So, so they I don't, I don't know how that happened. They lost to Troop County, and who's the other team out of that region? Troop County and uh, Trinity, Trinity Christian, Christian was just surprising. Yeah, surprising so, loss for them. I don't know. That, that must have been a heck of a region. Nine and one, eight and two, eight and two, and six and four. So, and a six and four team beating an uh, eight and one team. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. But you know, now Danny Britt has those kids ready. They're they're battle tested, and I know a lot of these kids played last year, which is good. So we could talk about BC making the uh, quarterfinals, the semifinals, winning state championships. But those kids aren't there. We're talking about this year and last year, and I think with all the experience they got and Luke Cromahawk has the year under his belt, and we talked about it. He's grown into being a, a, a dual-threat quarterback, 
and you know, even though he wants to be the fullback and run you over, but I mean, he's just getting better and better. And uh, you know, Zaquan's starting to come in, and Blackshear, and uh, they got uh, you know, I don't know, is Eck playing this week? So I, I think I don't think Ak Edwards is going to play. Um, from what I've read and, and what, and I'll confess, I've I've reached out to one person, uh, but that I don't think he's going to play based off of what he looked like in the second half last week. Now that would be a significant loss for BC. But it's like you said, it, if there's any spot that they can lose a guy at, it's the skill spot. Nasir Samuel has also played really well alongside Blackshear. Ladon Bryant's starting to come into his own. They've been yep. high on him for a while. He's starting to really find a good connection with Cromanhawk. And Carl, even though Zaquan Bryant hasn't had a monster receiving year, to have that sort of in your back pocket, if you need it, if you need to throw to him 12 times in a game, that's that's not a bad backup plan. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. All right, let's get this going. Friday night, Kyle Hockman takes the Phoenix to Troop County. We just talked about Troop County's uh, region. Uh, you know, you can't count Kyle Hockman out and how he has his teams prepared for playoffs. The man's got a lot of experience, 30 years coaching. Uh, you know, so it, I think the uh, Phoenix will be ready for this one, but it's going to be a tough order to go up there at Troop County and try and beat that team. It is. And Troop County, I think it was BC. They played at Memorial Stadium early in the state playoffs two years ago. And they had a freshman quarterback at that time, Troop County did, named Teo Todd. Troop County lost that game, but I came out of it thinking, who is that guy? Who is that quarterback and how old is he? And for him to be a freshman, then incredible. And then as I'm doing the previews this week, Carl, and I look and see his name again, I remembered it immediately, looked up his stats and they are something special. 1,680 passing yards, 1,606 rushing yards. How about this, Carl? 40 total touchdowns from this guy. 71% of their touchdowns come from Teo Todd. So if you're New Hampshire, no secret here. That's who you got to stop. Um, luckily for Kyle Hockman's bunch, Carl, they have a pretty good quarterback in Pauly Sealy. As well, this is part of the problem with being a four seed, though. They're going to have to really play their best game of the season against Troop County. Um, Carl, what do you think? Do you think this is the best team outside of BC that New Hampshire's played all year? Oh, yeah, it would have to be, right? Definitely. I mean, they played maybe, Wayne County maybe close. Richmond Hill, maybe they played Wayne County close. They played Richmond Hill, close. maybe. I mean, I yeah, I would say this is going to be a tough. This Troop County is tough, though. Yeah, I, I would say so. Travis, are you there? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we, you we hear me? Little, I can hear you now. Yeah, we had a little glitch there. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know, uh, this will be the second best team that uh, New Hampshire has faced all year. All right, let's go to uh, uh, Class 1A Division One, Bryan County, a three-seed, goes to Heard County, a two-seed at five and five. Bryan County comes in at six and four. Yeah, this is going to be a good matchup too. I like Bryan County to win this game though, Carl. I really do. I think Heard County is solid, but these two teams are really evenly matched. If Whitewater and BC is the best matchup in terms of rankings of the two teams, this one might be the most evenly matched rankings in terms of the two or matchup in terms of the two teams. I think Max Preps have, has them separated by one uh, ranking spot um, in their computer ranks. So, you know, I'm interested to see if Bryan County can keep this thing down in the 20s. Can they keep this game down where they like it to be? Because, look, Bryan County is 6-4, and four, but 22 points a game, 17 points against per game. Not a wide margin there, but if they can keep this thing down, I like the Redskins for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with them. It's just been, a, you know, a Cinderella story for that school uh, the hype over there, and uh, it, it, you know, you can tell that they're all excited. All the social media posts now, everything's changing. So I'm going to go with the Redskins to get get to the uh, quarterfinals. All right, we got to go to Saturday. Saturday, uh, Jenkins is going to take on War Warner Robins. Okay, after winning, uh, you know, last week getting the forfeit, uh, they're a number three seed. Warner Warner Robins, from what John Nelson was telling me, is not the usual Warner Robins. So. If Jenkins plays his cards right, I mean, they played a lot of top 10 teams. They could make it to the next round. 
Yeah, what else is new? Jenkins having to play a top 10 team. That's just another week for the Warriors, right? Warner Robins may not be. Now, I haven't seen them at all. Haven't seen them play once, but just on paper here, they may not be the typical Warner Robins, but the off-year Warner Robins is better than most high school football programs. They lost. They started one one and four, Carl. Right. Um, Warner Robins did, and then rattled off. Uh, let's see, what was it? Five five straight wins. Yes. To close to close the season, um, their losses all came to top ten teams as well. Warner <laughs> Robins. So. We'll see. We'll see. I, Jenkins is going to have to play a near perfect game. Um, and look, just to go back to that States world thing, maybe someone might look at that and see that a team might not want to play Warner Robins. Maybe they didn't want the three seed. Right. Possible. True. I mean, like you said, uh, you know, this is the, uh, uh, this is Jenkins sixth ranked team this year on their schedule. In- incredible. <laughs> incredible. So, but you never know. Tony Welch has done it before, so we'll see what happens. All right, in Class 3A, a 1 o'clock kickoff at Calvary Day School. Salem comes in at 2-8. and eight. Calvary 9-0. and oh. It's not going to be a good one. This game's going to start at 1 p.m., Carl, and it will be over by 1.07 p.m. <laughs> That's my prediction. Uh, poor Salem. They come in averaging 7.3 points per game. Uh I, they have 73 points on the year, Carl. I don't know what else there is to say. That's the opposite of a team uh, that can match up with Calvary. And like you said in your last part of that uh, write-up, to put the mismatch in perspective, consider the raw numbers verbatim from Travis Judon. Calvary has a plus 297 scoring differential, four and three points scored, 106 points allowed, and Salem is minus 295 points. 73 points scored, 368 points given up. It's going to be ugly. If, if Salem wins this game, Al Michaels will have to be on the call asking if we believe in miracles. That's what's going to have to happen. All right. So we go to the next one. This is at 5 o'clock now. So Savannah Christian will be done at 107. Uh, sorry. Cal <laughs> will be done at 107. Savannah Christian kicks off at 5 o'clock. Number two seed, 9-1 on season, takes on Hepzibah. At six and four, and uh, I mean, it might be a good matchup. I, I, I think Christian's going to have to play a good game right here to come away with it. They got some kid, uh, Telly Johnson, that's uh, a junior, over a thousand yards. He's six foot two, two hundred fifteen pounds. I don't think. Uh, and, and Baker Warwick told me he hasn't seen a running back this big all season long. Yeah, but if you ask Baker every week, whoever he's playing is the greatest team of all. Like. He's never going to let you in that he thinks he's better than the other team. Uh, can I tell you, Carl, Hepzibah, my least favorite school in the state of Georgia. I hate spelling that word. I hate pronouncing that word. Uh, I hate everything about it. So I hope Savannah Christian wins in order for me not to have to spell Hepzibah anymore this year, at least till maybe the basketball playoffs. <laughs> I look right. for um, – you know who Savannah Christian's been getting involved a lot more is Logan Brooking. They're starting right. to work him in more – offensively um, we already know about smalls and Busey and, and those guys, uh, but they're working Brooking in more and more often, um, especially underneath in those shorter routes. And uh, Mr. Brooking got a uh, offer from Duke university this past week. I've, I've heard of that school. He must be a smart guy. <laughs> well, I think dad won't let him get away with anything. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. Where did Keith Brooking go? Did he go to Georgia tech? Uh, yes, he went to East Coweta High School and went on to play at Georgia Tech. So it should be it should be a good one right there. And uh, if they take care of business with Hepzibah, uh, Savannah Christian will take on the winner of Crisp County and Peach County. Yeah, so, which are two which are two really good teams. Yep. You know, one one good team is getting knocked out in that matchup. So that game, Savannah Christian, five o'clock or five thirty? Five o'clock. Five o'clock at Pooler Stadium. Yeah, at Pooler. That's what Good I was deal. told. All right, let's. Uh, we're already. Uh, we got technically one minute to go here, but we'll go a little overtime <laughs> here. All right, so let's go to the GIAA Class A quarterfinals. I told. I thought they were in Double A, but they're in Class A. Memorial Day School one and nine at Flint River, who's four and six, and they got in on the base of the teams they played and their strength of schedule. Yeah, and look, I I don't have a lot on this game, Carl, but. If I'll say this, if Memorial can win this game, 
they can validate those power ratings. Like if Memorial wins this game, you, you would have to look at it and say, well, maybe the record wasn't as, you know, wasn't as telling as, as we thought it was. Maybe it was deceiving a little bit. If they come out and, and lose like they did last week in lopsided fashion, it would, it would, you know, add a little gas to the fire, I think. Well, you know, Max Preps, I think Flint River with a four and six record comes in at the, like the 23rd team with the strength of schedule. Memorial Day comes in with the 24th, you know, uh, strength of schedule. When, when you go to the single A, Flint River's four, Memorial Day is five. So, you know, who can go figure? But, you know, both teams entered the game talking to uh, Javaris Taylor, both coming with small rosters. Both teams are playing with kids going both ways. You know, the Matadors coming with Kyle Kindle, who's been averaging 150 yards in that. Just throw the ball up. It's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, street football with, with the Matadors. Javaris Taylor's got him throwing the ball all over the place. Salas Brown, junior running back, he's averaging almost 100 yards all purpose. And uh, defensive lineman, another junior, Justice Robertson, uh, you know, he's averaging a sack and uh, two tackles for a loss. So, you never know what can happen. That's why you play the game. And when you make it to this this uh, this part of the schedule, it's the icing on the cake. Yeah, and you know the benefit of it, Car, and you can speak to this as a coach, is these seven days that you get to prepare for the playoffs or six days or whatever it is, I guess it's seven for them since they played on Thursday. Right. Uh, it's so valuable if you have a lot of guys coming back next year. You get the extra week of practice, obviously, but you also get the experience of a little bit of playoff action regardless of the results right? right so next year next year if you find yourself here you can say hey we've been here before because right now they can't really say that or at least you know the the same program can't say that with a new coach and everything so at least they get this experience uh, yeah. regardless of the result well we can't we can't say it's getting experience playing on the road because memorial day school played two home games <laughs> so we'll go from there all right the yeah. last one We've been talking about it. The South Carolina Independent School Class AA semifinals. Bethesda Academy comes in at eight and three. They're seeded number four. They're taking on the number one seeded team, Williamsburg Academy, who hasn't lost a game all year. This is going to be a tall, tall order up there in uh, I think it's Kings Kingsburg or Williamsburg. I don't know what it is. Kings Tree, uh, South Carolina, uh, where Williamsburg Academy is. I've been there. I played a playoff game there when I was coaching St. Andrews. It's out in the middle of nowhere. So uh, we'll see what Tony Welch can do with that. Yeah, I'm interested to, to see how it shakes out. Um, I, I think Bethesda is a team that's – they've played number ones in the past. I know Antoine Turner has. Um, and so I'm going to call them Billsburg, by the way, Billsburg Academy. Uh, they're 10-0, and 0 and they look definitely the part on paper, right? Like yeah. they're um, – they, let's see, 43-12 to 12 last week was yeah. the Williamsburg win. Um, and they have several players, including their quarterback, who's thrown for what? Let's see, what you wrote, a thousand eighty yards and fifteen touchdowns. Yep. And then Teague Ward, their running back, uh, is a stud too. So two really good teams, but a lot on the line, right? A win, yep. you get to go to the state finals, which, um, which they, but this has been there before too. You know, Antoine Turner has been there before. He's, uh, you know, like I said, sixteen years at the helm of this program. The uh, I feel the Blazers will be prepared for this, and uh, you never know what can happen. That's why you play the game. I mean, Williamsburg or Billsburg looks like mm-hmm. that on paper, it's not going to be a contest. They score ten more points than uh, than Bethesda. They give up ten less points than Bethesda, but that's why you play the game. But both teams like to run the ball, so it's going to be a quick one. There aren't a lot of teams in Skiza that are going to have the kind of athletes Bethesda has. Now, maybe Bethesda doesn't have, you know, ten or fifteen of them. But they got a few, and so that always gives them a chance. I, I, I can guarantee you Williamsburg has not played a lot of teams better than Bethesda. They may have played a few, but Bethesda's going to give them a test, I think. Well, that's why you play the game. Nine games tomorrow night under the lights. And let me get to uh, – here we go. Here's your uh, schedule for tomorrow night, okay? Uh, 7.30 games, unless we tell you it's noted, all right? Class 6A, Lee County goes to FEM County, Palace and the Pines. In Class 4A, Whitewater comes to Benedictine, New Hampshire goes to Troop. In Class 1A, D1, uh, Bryan County goes to Heard County. All right. Uh, in the quarterfinal of uh, Giza or Georgia Independent Association, Memorial Day goes to Flint River. And Skiza 
uh, semifinals. Bethesda goes to Williamsburg. Saturday, Jenkins is at Warner Robin. Uh, Warner Robin. Okay. Uh, Salem comes to take on Calvary at 1 o'clock. Hepzibah, which you hate to say. Hepzibah uh, goes Ugh. to Christian in Pula at 5 o'clock. So that's the schedule for uh, t- tomorrow night. Once again, glad you could join us. We'll keep doing this until the playoffs are over. Right there, buddy? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. So once again, appreciate you doing this. And uh, any last thoughts? Uh, tell people where they can get all your uh, your stick and stuff from wherever you put it. Yeah, so uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Jadon Sports, um, J-A-U-D-O-N. And then you can go, when you're there, you can find all the writing from PrepSportsReport.com. Connect Savannah as well, um, a column every Wednesday. And then the Read Option newsletter, which I will do um, through basically till the last team remains from Savannah um, through the playoffs, which is hopefully the state championship round. Um, that's free and you get it in your email inbox every Saturday. Now, this week, that might come out on Sunday because we have a lot of important games on Saturday, obviously. So I don't want to leave out half, you know, half the field. So look for that this weekend. You can sign up for that on connectsavannah.com slash newsletters. Hot Grits Podcast, wherever you get podcasts, every Tuesday, new episodes. You got it. Appreciate it. Do a great job. Uh, looking forward to uh, tomorrow night. And uh, once again, you might be doing this for another five weeks, buddy. I love it. Playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. We're in the playoffs. Can't win a game. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, just a little insight. Which game are you leaning to? It's going to BC Whitewater. You got it. Appreciate it. Take it easy, Carl. Talk to you later, Travis. Once again, loves what he does. Got to thank him for coming on, Travis Jadon from. Okay, the Prep Sports Report, uh, Connect Savannah, uh, the Hot Grids Podcast, part of the Coach's Corner Sports Network. He's been writing sports in Savannah since 2016. He went to Savannah, Country Day. He's a Savannah kid, loves what he's doing. appreciate that he comes on and does this with me every week. So, once again, you've been listening to the Prep Sports Report High School Playoff Pigskin Preview. Remember, go out there, support your school, but most of all, Support all our athletes who put it on the line every day in practice and, of course, under the lights every Friday night. To the seniors you see that, has their senior, that their season has ended, congratulations. You made us proud. Remember, you'll always be part of the boys of, of fall or the boys, the boys of fall. You've done a great job. Keep it going. Good luck in your next sport or where you may be going, college or work. We really enjoyed watching you grow and play. Congratulations. To the nine teams left, go get them. We still want to do this every week. So this is the coach, Paul Damasi. You've been listening to the Prep Sports Report High School Pigskin Preview for the playoffs, November 10th, 2022. Until I talk to you next week, let's go Savannah Schools.